might be a little earthy for uh, seven, a little after seven in the morning, but I was wondering what the Lord would allow to be multiplied if he came in, er, he's here, but if, if he sent a prophet among us, uh, and the, the only first thought I had is our toilet paper will never run out. We are silly human beings, aren't we? We keep thinking that there's, and, and there are true shortages in those things, but we keep thinking that it's all about us, that we have to hoard or we have to go out and, you know, you probably have seen as much as I have, the, the dried bean section of, of our grocery stores being uh, run out, the flour and the, the sugar and all those things, people, things that apparently people didn't use before uh, this pandemic hit, uh, that all of a sudden they're buying it up in bulk and, and toilet paper upon toilet paper upon toilet paper and water bottles upon water bottles upon water bottles on and on, we're storing it up, hoarding it up, and forgiving that in the end, we need to rely on God. And perhaps this first reading should serve as kind of a reminder to us. There was a tremendous drought. It lasted for for a few years. And the people were hungry. The people of Israel were hungry. Elijah goes to Zarephath of Sidon, not Jewish territory, pagan territory. There, uh, if, you're, if you read it at, at the surface level, you, you realize how kind of rude maybe Elijah was. Bring me a cup of water. Water was of scarce supply. They didn't have Ice Mountain or Nestle Pure or any of those other water bottles that we have now. They didn't, couldn't just simply go to the tap and turn it on and have it magically, not that we do either, magically. She probably had just enough water from a cistern from the last rainfall. And maybe that was running out. Bring me uh, something to eat too, a cake to eat. Now you're asking too much. Who do you think you are? I only have a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. I was going to go and prepare a meal for myself and my son, and then we will die. Not immediately, but within seven days or so. Go ahead, but bring me it first. But this woman who is not Jewish takes the word of this prophet and does exactly as he prescribes, and they live, and they're able to eat for a full year. Because God does provide. So often we forget. So often we, just like I said, think it relies on ourselves. But not only does God provide, but God transforms us. He makes us different than the rest in the world because if we come to Jesus Christ with faith, he makes us salt and light. And these are images perhaps we're so distant from. Uh, you know, we, we just have to go down to the grocery store and get salt. That's one thing that didn't run out, which is interesting, but that's a whole other story. We Salt at the time of, of uh, Jesus was almost worth its weight in gold. In fact, the word salary comes from salt that the Roman soldiers were given a portion of salt along with their their wages. That's how valuable it was. Salt would be, uh, was used as a preservative. Uh, Think ham and bacon. 
Salt was used to give flavor, to draw out flavor. But, as Jesus says, the salt loses its taste. It's worthless. Can salt, which by its very uh, chemical composition, lose its taste? No, but if it did, it's worthless. Now, here in Minnesota, we like worthless salt to throw down in the middle of winter and trample underfoot, don't we? But Jesus wasn't thinking that. Jesus was saying it's worthless. And so too are we if we don't allow the Lord to use us as salt to preserve and to give flavor. There's another in St. Luke's Gospel. Salt was put on the manure heap in order to keep the bacteria. They didn't know this necessarily, but they knew that if you put salt on it, it keeps the smell down. But then when you use that manure that's been sitting around a little too long, it becomes a great fertilizer. And salt, in that small, appropriate amount, helps to fertilize the fields. That's what we're called to do, too. To not only to preserve, not only to, to enhance, but also to encourage things to grow. And then we're called to be light. Yeah, we just have to turn on the, flick on the lights. So many of us have, have to light a candle just to be able to read at night or just to be able to, uh, be able to go from one place to another in the darkness. We don't think about how we need light. And Jesus telling us, you don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. That, that's silly. It's dangerous, too. We'll not talk about that. But it's silly. It's a waste of oil. Jesus Christ did not send the Holy Spirit into our hearts for us to hide, to cower. He sent us, and he lit us on fire so that we can be light in those parts of the world that are so dark. So maybe back to the hoarding, not, not that it's continuing. Do we trust the Lord to provide? Are we able to allow the Holy Spirit to remind us that he is with us? And yes, there may be shortages. I'm not saying if we just, just believe we're going to have everything we need and you know, that we'll never have to change the toilet paper again or anything like that. But we can have a different attitude towards it to know that the Lord does provide and to call our world to a different way. I've been reflecting, I, I, I said this morning already to someone, I think if we just shut off the, the news for about 30 days and just spent time getting to know our neighbor a little bit better, how much better this world would be, that's something salt and light would do. That's something a Christian who understands his or her life would do. That God is calling us to a different way, calling us to be different.